Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you made a way for us once again because of that old rugged cross to be in fellowship with you, to be in communion with you. We remembered that sacrifice this morning once again. We celebrated your sacrifice and we remember. But God, it goes beyond that. The Lord, how could we have fellowship with you and not have fellowship with each other? It's almost a contradiction in terms. So God, let your anointing fall once again as it's been in the past couple of weeks so that we could have rich, rich fellowship with you through worship and through the preaching of your word, but most of all with each other. In the name of Jesus and everyone said, amen. amen. Good morning, familia. Good morning. Good morning. You guys look beautiful. You do, you do, you do. Do me a favor, open up your Bibles with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. This is where we're going to be at a little bit this morning. Thank you, Luke. Okay, waiting for the thing here. There it is. Let me ask you guys, how many of you guys have enjoyed, especially the last two weeks? Have you understand and have you sensed what God is doing, right? It's, it's been richer, it's been fuller. So I want you to come with that expectation, okay? Luke brought us into the presence of God this morning, okay? Let's not forget that, okay? That the purpose this morning is to commune with God, to be with God through worship, right? That's our praise right now through the proclamation of his word and then eventually through prayer so that eventually you and I walked away transformed. We should not remain the same once we come into the presence of God. Amen? Amen. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is our series. We're introducing our why. This is why we do it. The learning the why behind the what. It's the most two important questions we got to answer in almost in, in life. Because when any organization is about a mission, right? You know, firemen, they save lives. Police, they serve and protect. The army, you know, the Marines, everybody. The church's mission is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching everyone to obey and the promises that God is going to be with us. So we're kind of introducing you to that. And two weeks ago, we said, hey, this is why we go. And I, brought, I introduced the first value, and we go to the lost, okay? And then last week was so powerful when Pastor Dell talked about love, right? And how it bleeds from God's heart. So this morning, we're going to get into our third value, which is right on that wall right there, that we live life in relationship, that it's impossible for us to say we are with God and not be with each other. Amen? I was, unfortunately, I had to do a funeral 
on, on uh, Friday night for a dear friend, and it was wonderful. His father was a good man, and he and I had had some conversations about the Lord. He was an old army guy, you know, so he would pick on me, you know, being a Marine, and I would pick on him back, you know. But I remember one or two conversations with him. I would say his name was Sergio, and I said, Sergio. And he would look at me, he goes, I believe, I believe, and I'm trusting that that belief was in Christ. You ever been to a church, unfortunately, you ever been to a church that didn't feel like familia? Come on, tell the truth. Shame the devil, right? right? You walked in and it was cold. And it was since it was dead. You know, it, the people kind of looked at you and it kind of looked like this, okay? And praise God, this is not us, amen? amen. But this is what amen. I saw one day, ready? So the guy walks into church to worship, right? And the people are singing and they're, you know, they're looking at the screens and then the guy notices, or I guess he feels it, that there's somebody behind him, and he went. Yeah, that's that's kind of ugly, right? Does, do you, do you want to come back to that? I'd be like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Praise God, that's not us, and it will never be us. Amen. That's, no, we don't do that here. But we're going to talk about living life in relationship. And I was convicted by this. I don't know how people say, I'm a child of God, and not be part of a church. It's just, it's a contradictory statement. It's like, yeah, I'm married, but I never see him or her. Yeah, we don't live together. I don't even know what she looks like. But I got her down on taxes, yes. We, get the, we take the tax claim, okay? We, we, we file jointly. Uh, I'm being too honest, amen? Can I preach this morning? Somebody say preach. Okay, okay. True story. There was a church in Oklahoma, and eventually this pastor comes to this church, and it was dying. And he tried to do everything and everything to encourage the people to come back to the church, the church. And finally, he, he sent an email or a letter to the newspaper, and he says, let's call it First Baptist, okay? First Baptist is closing down. This Sunday is the last Sunday. And guess what happened? He put the thing in the statement in the, in the newspaper. And guess what happened that Sunday? Everybody came. I mean, there was people standing outside. People were looking like, hey, what's happening? What's happening? You know, they wanted to see. In, in Spanish, we have a word for that. That's called bochinche. Uh, English translation, that's gossip. We want to know what's the gossip. Hey, why did it die? Why did it die? And the pastor even had a casket up here in front, literally, and gave the eulogy. And, and, and pronounced the church is dead. And he goes, if you're welcome to come and know why the church died, would you please come up? And just kind of like how we did, 
right now. They came up one by one, and they came up this aisle, and they looked past the casket, and they looked inside the casket. And guess what he had in the casket? Anybody want to guess? It was a mirror. Too honest? Man, if we can't say amen, what do we say? The mirror was there saying, hey, you're the reason why. You know why we're dead? Because of you. Wow. Church closed. I think the number is about 1,500 churches close. Is it every day or is it every month? Once a month, 1,500 churches close. The average church in America is about 100 people. So that means 1,500 people stop fellowshipping. Think about it, church. If we close the doors, what happens? This nation dies. You experienced a little bit of that. Remember COVID? Was it cool sitting at home by yourself? Right? Going like this. Where's everybody at? You know? Because that's not real fellowship. Fellowship is like, hey, I see you. We get to hang out and talk to each other. Let's go have coffee. Let's break bread together. Tell me about your life, and I'll tell you about mine. Because the reality, church, is if we're not doing life in relationship, we're not, we're not familia. We're not the church. Acts chapter 2, beginning of verse 42, follow along with me. It says this, and they've devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. And as any had need, and day by day attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts and praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We need one another. Amen? Amen. I need you and you need me. Okay? It's impossible to do this thing called church by yourself. And I love that our, we have people watching us online. We know you. Say shout out and give Amanda a shout out out there. Okay? I know Cammie and Robert, people that we, you know, you see every week. Cammie is on bed rest now for the next month because the baby's coming. And it's a delivered, so she has to be on rest. So I told her I was going to give her a shout-out because I was with them yesterday. Cammy, we love you. We see you. Okay? But she wishes she could be here. Because we got to do this together. Believers need one another to do life together. Couples, let me ask you, couples. Is it easier together? It is, Right? Right? Ladies, right? Yeah, sometimes. And sometimes, most of the time, be honest, all right? That's okay. 
right? He's like, yeah, I love her every day. I remember, no joke, this is true. I, when me and my wife Angie, we went on our honeymoon, they, there was a couple there that was married 50 years. So we, were on a, we went on a cruise on a honeymoon, and there was actually, they, the, the captain told us there were 18 couples, newlywed couples on the ship. So he divided us and put us nine on one side of the ship and nine on the other, right? And then he took all 18 couples and put us in with the married couple. 50 years, and he said, and they gave us champagne, and they said, now shut up and listen. <laughs> and they're going to tell you how you get to 50. And we were like, okay, how did you do it? And the, the, the husband, because, it, you know, the, it's always the guys, right? He goes, oh, it's easy. <laughs> and every, all the guys are like, okay, what, what, what did you do? What did you do? He goes, Go to dinner at least twice a week. Never stop dating your wife. And we done, wrote down, never stop dating, okay? Okay, that's good, that's good. What does it look like? He goes, it's simple. You go on Tuesdays, she goes on Thursdays, it's great. Taranta, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's fellowship, right? No, no, that's not fellowship, right? The goal is to be together, amen? amen. All right. If you got any complaints, email me at pastordell at the, sorry, sorry, just send it to him. It's like, why did you hire that guy, all right? No, but it's true, right? Here's the word, and here's the word. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. fellowship. All right. This is participatory. You got to talk back to me, okay? Um, the word is koinonia. Anybody heard this word, koinonia? Hey, that's the Greek word, koinonia. That's your Greek lesson for today, okay? Koinonia, it means to be together. But it's not just be together, us. I mean, that's anything. It's us and God. Amen? Amen. God is the reason why we come together. God is the center of our fellowship. He's the reason for our being, the reason why we want to hang out. I mean, I love going to a Cubs game, not to a Bears game, right, you know? Maybe to a, a, a Lions game, you know, or something like that. Dell would love you, you know? Invite them to, you know, buy them tickets to the game, you know, when they come play the Bears and have a great time, you know? If you ever want to hang out with me, you know, invite me to dinner, okay? Seriously, I'll go with you. After lunch, I'm available, all right? You know, you pay, I pray, it's going to be fantastic, okay? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm on a roll today, I'm sorry, forgive me, yeah? Okay, no, but it's fellowship, we get to hang out, and seriously, I'll, I'll, I'll pay. The church messed up, they gave me a credit card, you know? Um, right. No, I, but I get to know you, I want to know you. I really do, as your pastor, I want to learn to love you and to take care of you. But that means you got to kind of hang out with me. And talk to me. Not just give me complaints. Say, hey, Pastor, how you doing? I'm going to be, hey, Tom, how you doing? What's going on? Let's do life together, amen? And that koinonia fellowship, it's God in the midst of it. Okay? Let me kind of give you some reason for it. There's four things. Four, it's a four-point message today. Number one, can we, are we ready? Number one, life in relationship requires wanting. You understand? 
requires wanting. I have to want to be with you. Okay? If I don't like you, like, and you invite me to lunch, like, I'm, I'm busy. Let's, let's how about next week? No. There's, right? There's got to be a genuine desire to say, yeah, let's, let's go. A wanting. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Again, that's that koinonia. They wanted to be together. They, they was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go out. You, me, and Christ, let's go. It's going to be fantastic. You know, and let's talk about him and talk about each other. We're going to do life together to the breaking of bread and prayer. Check this out. Like, think about this. In the beginning, Adam was placed in the garden to enjoy what? Friendship and communion with God. He was walking with God every day in the evening, in the cool of night. And it was beautiful. Could you imagine, hey, hey, at 4 o'clock, I'll see you at 4. Okay, yeah, I can't wait. I can't see you at 4. How, how'd you do today, Adam? What'd you do today? Oh, this big, long thing. I, I called it a giraffe. It was cool. How did you do that, God? Well, let me tell you, Adam. And a rhinoceros and everything. And, you know, could you imagine this? Hey, hey God, it's, it's great. I, it's amazing. You're, you hooked me up. There's every tree that I could have. The animals are cool. That big lion thing, he doesn't bite me. You know, it's fantastic. But there's one thing, God. Um, I noticed that all the animals have kind of like pears. I'm all alone. He goes, I got you. You're going to love her. She's going to be beautiful. She's wonderful. You're going to love her. You, oh, my gosh, she's amazing. In fact, I'm going to fashion her. You know what the scripture says? Like, he took, like, man, he went like this, put a bottle of dirt, went, ta-da, man. <laughs> this is true. In the Hebrew, it says he fashioned her. He takes a piece of man and think of a hammer going. And he fashioned her. And all the men said, Amen. You know? Right? She's beautiful. And all the guys like, yeah, the most wonderful thing God ever made. But God, Adam and Eve had fellowship with God until they broke it. And the fellowship was broken. Think about that. But yet God immediately sought them out and says, hey, where are you at? Where are you at? And then the way, I got to wait. I'm going to fix this. We're going to restore the fellowship one day, but not now. In the Old Testament, God began to draw special people into fellowship with himself. There's one guy named Enoch. Enoch is described as a man who walked with God. That's fellowship. That's communion. Noah. Likewise, walked in communion with the Lord. Abraham was the, called the father of Israel, was called the friend of God. Right? How many of you want to be a friend of God? Amen. Amen, right? I want to be a friend of God. I want God's face to turn towards me and to look favor upon me. Right? Isn't that what Pastor Dell pronounces over us each and every Sunday? That blessing? May his face turn towards you? In Spanish, we have that custom. In Spanish cultures, in my culture, um, we teach the children to, to tell the grandparents and the aunts and uncles, will you bless me? And then the aunts and uncles and the grandparents, they said, God bless you. My face is towards you. I see you. 
And it's a beautiful thing. It's a thing of honor and respect. And this is what God was doing with us. Moses walked with God. And I was, how many doing you reading your Bible every day? Good? Come on. Got to be reading in Scripture every day, remember? At least four times a week. Keep the devil away. All right? So I'm, I'm in Genesis, I'm in Leviticus now. And it was in Numbers. I'm actually in Numbers now. And God tells, hey, Aaron, Mar- Miriam, with you guys, I, I talk like this. But with Moses, I talk to him face to face. I was like, man, he's face to face with the living God, man. That is, man, that is super cool. That's what it looked like in the Old Testament. Look at what in the New Testament, right? Christ restores the fellowship because of what he's done. We celebrated just a minute ago. This is what this is representational about. If you have Christ, you could have fellowship with God once again through the blood. But you got to have it. You got to want to. 1 John 1, 7 says that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have what? Fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with one another. And I, I, let, let me just say this gently to you. It is, and I think, um, who's that, uh, the guy who started the Reformation, Martin Luther? He might have said this. I, at least I remember seeing it in a movie, so I'm going to give him credit. Or it's probably the director did. But he said, I guess, it's impossible to have Christ as your father without having the church as your mother. Mmm, mic drop, right? Oh, yeah, I'm a believer. Oh, cool. What church do you go to? Oh, I'm, I'm at first living room, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, my assembly is me, myself, and my doggy. You know, and I, again, I love you. I know why you can't be here today, my, our church online. But we would love to be with you. This congregation would love to open their hearts and their minds to you and their hands and say, come on, be part of us. Right? There's got to be a desire, a wanting, right? On the board, it says it right here, First John chapter 10, verse 24. It says this, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging what? One another. Again, the one another commands, we talked about that a year ago, right? All of this is in preparation for this. We've been preparing for this for over a year. In two weeks, you're going to see it all unveiled. Come February 18th, it's going to be a blast. You're going to see it all rolled out. It's going to be beautiful. We've been working for 15 months on this. Not neglecting to meet one another, to be together. Okay? There's 60 times. You can't do one another by yourself. Rocket science, right? You can't do it. It says this, let us now stir one another up. When we're together, hey, my job is to encourage you, and your job is to what? Encourage me. And we're together. We do this together, not neglecting to meet together. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't go to church. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I don't like organized religion. Right? You ever hear that? Right? Would you, was it better disorganized? I mean, <laughs> I don't get that. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't like organized. What, what, what does that mean? Come on, man. 
you got to be part of the body. Not neglecting to meet it. And, and let me say it to this. Let me give a caveat. You think times are going to get easier for us? No. We know that there's things coming specifically against us as the body of Christ. We know that they, we have an enemy, and he's in the world. And when he manifests, don't you think you're going to need me? Don't you think I'm going to need you? Right? We're going to need one another. Let's not, we can't give up. Now we got to press on even more. Amen? Amen? Don't neglect to meet together, encouraging one another. I want to stir you up. I want to fan into flame. I want to see you great and mighty. I want to see all my sisters in Christ be amazing women of God and amazing mommies, you know, and amazing everything in the church. And the men of this church, I want you to be priests of your homes, leaders in your community and leaders here. We need the men to be the men. Amen? Amen. Because even all our sisters here are going, yup, yup, amen. Yes, you're the man. I'm the woman. We're doing this together. So there's got to be a wanting. I hope you want to be with us. Number two, life and relationship requires commonality. Verse 44b, and they had all things in what? Common. You can't, you know, I, I always hear the oh, um, opposites attract. Yeah, that only works in magnetism, okay? In real life, in real life, right? And let's just think of a couple, right? In a real life couples, right? You need to have a lot of things in common. Scripture says, do not be unequally yoked. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. So what does light have to do with darkness? And five times, Paul the Apostle tells the church, five times, what does the devil have to do with God? Nothing. What does light have to do with darkness? Nothing. Oh, I'm, I'm, Pastor, I'm missionary dating. Yeah, you're sinning. You need to find somebody that shares your faith. Now, I don't care how she looks, blonde, brunette, strawberry, big, tall, short. I don't care about that. You don't care about that. The only thing you require, do they have faith in common? And as you build a home, you're going to need more things in common. Let me share this with you, right? This is funny. Well, it's kind of funny. It's kind of a, it's a, it's, it's a is it a satire, I think they call it? Let me read this to you, and you'll, you'll see my point. Because he was even telling, Paul was telling in the book of Ephesians, hey, now the Jews and the Gentiles are going to be together. Right? I know you guys don't like barbecue, but these guys love barbecue. So, okay, find common ground. And the common ground is the church. We have one faith, one baptism, one Lord. Let's make it about that. Amen? Amen. That's what we do. Okay? But let me read this. This is found from... Great author, Max Lucado, in a book called The Gentle Thunder. Let me read this. He says, some time ago, I came upon a fellow on a trip who was carrying a Bible. And I asked, are you a believer? I asked him. He said, yes. He said, excitedly, I have learned, you can't be too careful, right? 
Because, right, everybody's a Christian now, maybe. And then he tells the guy, hey, virgin birth, I ask. I, and the guy goes, yeah, I accept that. How about deity of Jesus? No doubt. Death of Christ on the cross, he died for all people. Pfft, amen. Could it be that I was face to face with a Christian? Perhaps, maybe. Nonetheless, I continued my checklist. Status of man. Oh, sinner in need of grace. Definition of grace. God doing for man what he cannot do for himself. The return of Christ. Oh, that's imminent. Bible. Oh, that's inspired. The church. Oh, that's the body of Christ. I started to get excited. Conservative or liberal, he said. He was getting interested. He goes, conservative. My heart began to beat faster. Heritage. Where do you come from? He goes, oh, I'm a Southern Congregationalist, Holy Son of God, Dispensationalist, Triune Convention. That was mine too. I was like, yes, we're the same, right? What branch? He goes, premillennial, post-tib, non-charismatic, King James, one cup communion. I've never heard of this stuff, but oh well. <laughs> it must be a Southern thing. My eyes got misty, he said. I only had one other question. Is your pulpit wooden or fiberglass? He says, fiberglass. I withdrew my hand and stiffened my neck as a heretic. <laughs> that's a joke, right? It's meant to be a joke, right? But do you know that that's real for some people? That they won't have fellowship because of wood or fiberglass. Come on, man. Are you serious? You're a believer in Jesus Christ, so am I. Amen. All right? You're, plea you're trusting Christ alone for your salvation, so am I. I praise God. And I was thinking of our fellowship. I, mean, I wish you could have been in our small group this past week. We had a fantastic time. You know why it was so beautiful? It was, uh, let me tell you why. Let me, let, me, let me brag for a second for our fellowship. We have Jew and Gentile in our, in our fellowship, in our small group. We have a, a former Muslim, okay? And, and, and we're like, yeah, we all came from different places, different continents. We speak different languages. But yet, because we are in Christ, and we had the same family now. We're the same Lord, the same. We have fellowship. And we were learning languages with each other and other stuff. And it was fantastic. I was like, man, I can't wait for Sunday because I get to see them face to face. And then next Wednesday when we're online, we get to see each other online. It's going to be incredible. That's what the body of Christ is. There's a wanting. And even though we come from different, different places, there's a commonality now. I don't know if you know this, but let me introduce myself to you. I'm your brother in Christ, and I just happen to be Puerto Rican, okay? Now, I'm not a Puerto Rican Christian. I'm a Christian that just happens to be Puerto Rican. Hopes that's okay with y'all, okay? All right? Because we'll have a great time, like I said. Come over to my house. I'll cook you some Puerto Rican food. You'll love it. you get heartburn. It's not, it's not that sad, you know? Uh, yeah, everything for us in our diet is bad, you know? It's like, you know, the insulin just comes in with side of insulin on the side of the table right there, right? No, I'm only kidding, but I would love to feed you. I really would. Come over to my house anytime. You okay? 
Don't tell my wife that, because she's going to get very upset. It's good. They're going to come now. I'm like, yes. I love fellowship. I love I love being with you guys. You, give, you guys give me life. Okay? But they, why? Because I'm looking for commonality. But I also love the differences. Right? Because we come from somewhere, right? But yet, in Christ, we're together. In Christ, we're together. And it's that commonality in Christ that's going to keep us together. Think about it like this. If you don't like me now, you're going to hate me later, man, because we're going to spend all of eternity together. <laughs> like, well, uh, Pastor, I'm going to be on the west side of heaven. I ain't going to see you, right? Because <laughs> you're a Cubs fan, and you're going to be on the north side. I'm, I'm White Sox. I'm going to be on the south side, so bye. Like, yeah, watch. God's got a joke. He's going to put you to live next to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll convert you then, right? Right? Got to have all things in common. Amen? Amen. Number three. Number three. Life and relationship requires sacrifice. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing to the proceeds to all as they had need. As we do life together, as in a marriage, I dare to think, right? You got to put it like this. I learned this in marriage, so it applies here. In marriage, husbands, wives, you have to put him or her first. Yeah, that, that didn't go well, right? Let me say it again. Okay. In marriage, wives, right? They're like looking at me, you better not say it. You better not say it. Yeah, yeah. He's first. Husbands, she's first. Even above my kids, my wife is first. After Christ, she's first. Let's bring that principle into fellowship. When I get into fellowship with you and we're hanging out together, I'm coming and going, hey, I, I want to serve you. I want to love you. I wanna, I'm going to put you first. Is there anything I could do for you? This is how we do it. Life requires sacrifice. Okay. In the letters, in the papers, right, from prison, listen to what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. He says, the church is the church only when it exists for others. If it was us four and no more, is it, is it the church? Come on, let me say that again. If it's us four and no more, are we the church? No. no. The reason we've done everything we've been doing for the last 12 to 15 months is to get ready because there are... And we're praying for this, and I'm going to give you a secret. We want to grow. We want to reach at least 600 people for the gospel of Jesus Christ in this community within 20 minutes of here. Amen? You should be excited for that. Amen? Seriously, yeah. That means we got to grow by 200 people every year. We're going to try to build relationship with at least 200 individual families for the next three years. So that at the end of 24, 25, 20, 2026, we might be 600 plus this group. That means we might be about 750 people. That means there might be multiple services, amen? That means, that means we might be having services in two or three buildings at the same time, right? That means you got to put them first, right? Oh, but pastor, he's sitting in my chair. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah, Max Luke, is it Max? 
not, not the other Max, Mac, John Maxwell. John Maxwell in his first church, he, he actually did this. He, was, he had this little church, and, and that happened. The church started to grow, and people were like, Pastor John, I got a, got a, what, I got a problem. And they go, he goes, what's up, sister? He goes, there was somebody sitting in my pew. What are you going to do about that, Pastor John? And he's, if you know John Maxwell, this is him. He's serious. He, he literally walked. He said, okay. And he walked, and he went. And she goes, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm looking for your name. She goes, well, it's not there. He goes, it's easy. Move over. Give them your seats. She left the church. Sacrifice. I put you first. And when we're together, you put me first. Amen? We kind of have to outdo one another in doing good works, right? I'm going to outdo you, outdo me, and let's see who, who can outdo, outdo, right? Did I say that right? I didn't say that right, but you understand what I meant, right? You understand. The early church said to the apostles, Peter, James, and John, whatever you do, you could count on me. We're all in. We're all in. We're doing this, man. Are you in? Yes. Let me say that again. Church, are you in? Yes. Okay, we're going to keep asking you. Are you all in? We need you to be all in. Christ needs you to be all in because we're the only representation he has on the earth right now. We are the living body of the Lord. We are the gospel of Tom and John and Susie and Mary and Edwin and Cindy. Right? We're the gospel of Joe and Delilah. Okay? People don't read this, but they will watch you, and you have to be like Christ. When we do that, man, we do life in relationship. We're not only giving away our physical stuff. Give it away. You know? It doesn't matter. Be sacrificial. Just say, hey, what do you need? If you're hungry, I'll feed you. Do you need somebody to cry on? Come on, right here. What do you need? I got you. Are we willing to see our brothers and sisters say to us, I can, I can do that. But sometimes we have to sacrifice in the spirit. I, I got to be praying for you. Amen? I got to be praising God for you. Okay? I got to surrender my will like Christ to you. Okay? I got to be that living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as what? Living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. See, the problem is, church, here's the truth. We get on the altar, and when God says, okay, now I'm going to get them, you start, like, crawling off, like, oh, no, 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 I, that's too much, God. Like, nah, I, I can't do that, God. I, I, I'll go to church on Sunday, two hours, but, yeah, I, I can't do life groups. I can't do, no, nah, that's too much. Am I, am I preaching too much? Is this too hard, too honest? See, it requires, 
See, God gave a, God didn't cheat you and me. He gave you his very best. His name was Jesus Christ. Man, I thought that would have got a lot more. Okay, I'm going to say it again. See, when God gave you his best, he gave you his son, his very best, his son, Jesus Christ. Man. Man. Okay, some of us need to get saved here. All right? (laughs) Right? And yet we want to give God like a little bit. No. Die to yourself and watch what God does. For those who lose their life will find it. Don't crawl off the altar. Stay there until God does what he needs to do. Last one. Fourth point. Ready? Okay. Life and relationship requires faith. Verse 44, and and all who what? Believed. Right there, that word believed right there. We're together. That word in the Greek is called pestuo. Right, Pastor Darrell? I learned that from him from years ago. It's actually a Greek word. It's to trust. It's a verb. What's a verb? Action, right? Oh, I believe, but you don't go to church. No, you don't believe. Oh, I'm a, I, I'm a believer, but I don't fellowship. Yeah. This is what the world calls hypocrisy. In Chicago, we call that false flagging. You're a wannabe. You ain't real. You might look the part, but you ain't really down. Because if you were really down, you would want to be with us. You would have everything in common. You would sacrifice, and you would believe what I believe. You'd be down for it. Your your faith would be manifest, not just in cognitive understanding, but with action. You would start to look like Jesus. Amen? Amen. What it isn't, okay? It's not mental assent. It's, it's not just understanding. Oh, I know Jesus. No, you know of Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. Oh, you can give the right answers. He's the second person of the Godhead. He's Jesus Christ. He died on a cross. Do you know him? Like, do you know him? Do you hang out with him? Do you talk to him? Do you hear him? Does he talk to you? Do you have communion with one another? Are you in fellowship together? And you're telling me you have fellowship with God, but you don't have fellowship with his, with his body? You're fake. I'm sorry. I'm just warning you, church. Don't pretend. Look at this is why? Because look at James chapter 2, verse 19. You believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Too honest? Can't say amen. What do we say? Okay, that's 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 mental sense. And the second type of understanding is temporal. Right? Oh, I believe when it's convenient, right? Hey, God, I need you. You're my cosmic bellhop right now, and I need you to pay my bills. Here's my list, God. I believe. No, you don't. 
That's cheap faith. That's not real faith. Genuine faith says, hey, I, I'm going to do what God says. I'm going I'm to go and find me a church. I'm going to be part of the body. I'm going to walk in fellowship, not only with him, but with others. Because I can't have fellowship with him if I'm not having fellowship with you. See, this relationship only works when this relationship really exists. If this relationship doesn't exist, this relationship, yeah, it doesn't exist either. Because I need you, and you need me. See, we live life in relationship. That's a present active indicative. You got to do this, okay? It's future tense. I'm living life in relationship. Why? Because as you and I meet together, iron sharpens iron. We get to rub against you. I'm going to annoy the hell out of you. And you're going to annoy the hell out of me. Can I say that word, hell? It's not a bad word. It's in the Bible. Trust me. It's in the Bible. Right? You, you and I, we're going we're gonna to get on each other's nerves. Why? Because I love you. Some of you are going to be like sandpaper to me. And that's good because you're going to make me beautiful. You're going to rough away all my rough edges. And so am I to you. So how we finish this? Look at what the resurrection is. Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, this is what Paul said. Now I will remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you when you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. Don't believe in vain. Don't come to church and nod your head and put some money in the offering and walk away different. Don't do that. Don't do that, please. Don't do that. He says, for I delivered to you the first and most important what I've received, that Jesus Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. It's good news. Why? Because you and I are jacked up. Right? We're broken people. We've been separated with God. We don't have fellowship with him anymore. But because of what Christ has done, we have fellowship with him. Amen? I'm good, man. I'm with him. I'm with him. God clothed himself in humanity. He lived the life that we could not live because he fulfilled the law. He was perfect without sin. He was the last sacrifice. There is no more sacrifice. John the Baptist called him, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was killed for you and for me. He satisfied the wrath of the Father. He made satisfaction for us. So now when the Father sees me, he doesn't see a knucklehead from the west side of Chicago. He sees a child of God. He sees his little brother. He sees, oh, that's mine. That's my son right there. He, yeah, that little one. Yeah. Five foot six, that's him right there. Yeah. Buried on the third day and rose again, again conquering sin and death. This is how we're supposed to live life in relationship because of that faith. Jew and Gentile get to be together, right? African, European, Asian, everything. We're look at around the room. It's beautiful. Why? Because we are familia. Amen? Amen. 
So how do we live life in relationship? Let me ask you this, church. Would you stand with me real fast? I'm going to read you some questions. And if it's, if it's a, a yes and an amen, say amen. I live, life in, I live life in relationship because I want to. Amen. Because I have more in common with the people in this room than with people in the world. Because I'm willing to sacrifice for you and put you first. Amen. And because that faith, that common faith, it makes us familia. Amen. Are you in? Are you in? Will you live life in relationship with God and with each other? Then let's worship.